Mary had a little man. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. It was a night of sweeping winds, big reunions, and touching tributes. As Hollywood celebrated the biggest names in television, HBO's succession snapping up best drama, along with three acting wins in its final season. This is a show um, about uh, family. Including Kieran Culkin for lead actor in a drama series with his own family moment on stage. My beautiful wife, Jazz, um, thank you for sharing your life with me and for giving me two amazing kids. And Jazz, I want more. <laughs> Hulu's The Bear swept the comedy category, winning Best Comedy Series. Star Jeremy Allen White taking the lead actor statue. And Iowa Debris winning for Best Supporting Actress, with an assist from our own Carson Daly. The Emmy Awards marking 75 years by reuniting some of TV's most iconic ensemble casts on recreated sets, including Cheers, <laughs> The Sopranos, Martin, Grey's Anatomy, even SNL Weekend Update anchors Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I'm Tina Fey and we've reached the stage in life where we'll only present awards sitting down. And of course, the dancing stars from Ally McBeal. This night was also a celebration of diversity, tying the record for most winning actors of color. Abbott Elementary's Quinta Brunson became the first black woman to win lead actress in a comedy series in 40 years. I just love comedy so much that I, I, I am so happy to be able to get this. Niecy Nash Betts bringing the room to its feet with her acceptance speech. I want to thank me <laughs> for believing in me what they said I could not do. And I want to say to myself in front of all you beautiful people, go on, girl, with your bad self. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we usually work on Martin Luther King Day, but uh, there was no way to work on Martin Luther King Day. A, I was sick, and I still am. And B, <laughs> there was too much on TV. So I didn't want to distract you from, uh, you know, all the other things on the TV. There was an enormous amount of football on Monday. I mean, just like a crazy amount of football because uh, the Tatankas, you know, the Buffalo Bills there, um, the winter animals, uh, they were up in uh, Buffalo. And what did I say on Friday? I, as my voice was fading into the sunset, didn't I say to you, there's no way you could play in Buffalo. There's just no way. And I was right. <laughs> Even on a weird topics like uh, the Buffalo Bills and football and uh, whether or not you could play there. Uh, I was correct. You could not play there. So they had to delay the game until Monday. So there was so much football on yesterday that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm going to be clearing my throat a lot, uh, that it's uh, kind of um, d difficult to watch all of it. And, uh, you know, uh, my aquatic mammals uh, did not fare well in the freezing cold. We are dolphins, okay? We're aquatic, warm water mammals. We don't belong in the cult, so bye-bye season. Yeah, 0-11 in their last games oh, under 30 degrees. What a way to end it. Such an exciting season. Has, has Tua ever won in cold weather? I think no. I, I say no. Nope, I don't. Nope. I don't think he has, ever has. I, I think he's 0-whatever has been the number of games played in cold yep. weather. It's a problem. 
It is a problem. It is a, a really bad problem. So uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, kicked the ass of the of the Steelers. Uh, Packers, Cowboys. Oh, my God. You're going to have some angry freaking Texans. Don't go there, everybody. First of all, uh, you know, they'll kill a woman in a parking lot. She could just bleed out for all they care. And now if you say you're from, uh, I don't know, uh, Green Bay or anywhere uh, where it's cold, uh, they'll curse you, I, I suppose. And then uh, the Suckaneers. What the hell was that? What is that? That was an unbelievable performance by a not very good Freaking team. Freaking sucking ears over Pretty the crazy. Eagles. Ah, God. I mean, it was just, uh, wow. But um, I, I, I know our friend Ed is just, you know, like uh, in seventh heaven because he's a Green Bay fan. Yeah, it looks like Ed's Packers will be dominating my Bears for the next 10 years with this guy. Jordan Love, he's pretty good. He's okay. I mean, you know, he had his moments. It was uh, pretty, pretty okay. I mean, they, they've got they go through quarterbacks like, uh, you know, like I go through. Uh, you know, I don't even want to say. <laughs> I'll say uh, cough medicine. I'll say um, Mucinex drops. Yeah, because that's what I'm living off of now. So there was that, and then it was, of course, the Iowa caucuses where. I don't know why anybody pays attention to the Iowa caucuses. Iowa, first of all, what are we talking here? Uh, we're talking three million people, almost everyone white. Okay, it's like ten black people in the whole freaking state. That's number one. Number two, uh, the amount of money that gets spent there because it's uh, first is so obscene. And uh, like for instance, okay, when you when you actually see how many people show up to caucus, how many people, and and of course the weather, and everybody's going to say, oh, so cold, and then the Iowans will say, oh, but we're hardy, we're Iowans, we're used to the cold and blah. You know, I I used to love Iowa, you know that, and and did you hear how I just phrased that? Yes, I used to love Iowa. I did. I loved everything about it. I loved the family farmers. I loved the, the, the nicety of the people. People were so helpful. Uh, God forbid, you know, you had any sort of a breakdown on any Iowa road and people would come and they would drive you to a place where you could at least make a phone call or drive you to a place where you could hire somebody to come back and change your freaking uh, big rig tire, whatever it was you needed. People were amazing. They would feed you. Um, they would love upon you. You have the beautiful, soft rolling hills there. I mean, it's very scenic. It's very. Uh, now it's just a bunch of angry old white people. I, I swear to God, and hardly anybody showed up for this uh, big event called the Iowa caucuses. So I look at the money that was spent there. Okay, just one, one little thing, one little uh, campaign. Okay, uh, Ron death sentence. Okay, where, let's just say Iowa does not want to be Florida, on any. Not even on the coldest day of the freaking, you know, uh, millennia. They don't want to be Florida. They just don't. He spent $150 million in corn-fed Iowa, okay, with the endorsement of the governor of Iowa who won't feed hungry children in Iowa because, you know, they love the feeders, but they cannot stand the child in Iowa. So uh, she actually said she couldn't do the food program in Iowa for the summer months where you give $40 to a, 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 a family for a child who is already, if your family's already on food stamps and got free meals at school, you gave them $40 a month during the summer months because school was closed, see? And they would be missing the lunch meal. So <laughs> she, Kim Reynolds, the governor of uh, Iowa, said, no, no, I'm not feeding any stinking hungry kids because I'm fighting obesity. What the? I, <laughs> sorry, 
You, you know, I mean, come on, you're all saying it. I, I know I, I, I am precluded from saying it because, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're over the airwaves. But anyway, so they spent this, uh, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, campaign spent $150 million in Iowa, in Iowa. Who always gets it wrong, by the way? See, this is a, I, you wouldn't even if see Trump should be very upset that he won Iowa. He should be really depressed because they never get it right, Iowa, ever. I mean, okay, so I, I think they got it right three times in the past. Two were Democrats. One was Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah, and the other one was Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And the only Republican that they ever picked that actually won the presidency was W. Okay, that's it. Other than that, unless you're uncontested and win Iowa, right? So they never get it right. So last night, Trump won Iowa. But back to the money, okay? So DeSantis, he spent $150 million, and he got a grand total of 24,150 votes. Because only 115,000 Iowans, out of 3 million, by the way, that's population 3.1 million, only 115,000 showed up to caucus, and of those 115,000, Ron got 24,150 people to put a little piece of paper in a, in, in, in a, a supermarket bag for him, to vote for him. And I just say, instead of putting it on TV, why don't you just go around paying everybody five grand, six grand? Hand them checks. You can get more votes that way. This is such a stupid system. It's just beyond belief. Clear. All things Randy at, at RandyRoads.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. If you can't sit home, if you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, I gotta make it. Even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. What? He's so disgusting. He is just such a vile human being. He's like, uh, just vote for me and then die. I, it, and then he had to go and attend his rape trial in New York. And people are showing up for him in sub-zero weather. What is wrong with you, Iowa? Really? Not that it means jack crap to any of us who actually follow politics. But unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know what he said? He said... um, he actually promised them that, uh, you know, he would be their president for another four years and beyond. He's like Buzz Lightyear now of uh, presidents, right? We have a good chance of saying for four years, we'll have a lot to say about it, four years and beyond. I mean, he just puts it out there. Four years and beyond. I'm not leaving. I don't care. You can get a crowbar. You can uh, bang out the windows. I, I, I'm not leaving. You cannot pry me out of the White House. I will only be a dictator for a day because on that day, I will change the laws and uh, give myself the ability to spend money, give myself the ability to deploy the military in the United States of America. I will enact the Ab- Enabling Act, which lets me do all these things. And uh, that's what I'll be. You know, that's what I'll do. And then I'll stay for, you know, however long I have a life. I mean, it's unbelievable. And when you when you actually listen to some of the voters that showed up for him, all 115,000 voters that showed up at all, okay? Uh, and, you know, they're talking about, oh, he got 51% of the vote. 51% of 115,000 people. Woohoo! Big whoop. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like such a, a small little sampling of, of, of white old people that you just can't even like, okay, who never get it right, ever. Never get it right. 
But, um, you know, when you ask the MAGA people about what he just said, well, did you hear he just said? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's like a scene out of network. Did you hear that? Howard Beale just said bullcrap. Did you hear that? What? Yes, Howard Beale said he was uh, sick of the bullcrap and that he was going to kill himself on live television. He was going to commit suicide. Did you hear that? Well, Donald Trump just said that he's going to be a dictator and that he's going to stay for more than four years should you open the door and let him back into uh, the White House. And when you ask maggots about it, you know what they said? It's what we need. We need a dictator. Swear to God. Would you rather have four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of President Biden reelected? You you know, you don't have to like the words that come out of the man's mouth, but (laughs) sometimes in life we all need a good paddling from the principle to to set our life on the right track. And this country does need a little bit of that. We need a little paddling. I mean, I was... A problem child growing up and it took a good oh, cope and deal with it leadership to set me straight so I, I think our country does need some of that so I, I hands down believe people wanted it four years ago three years ago so but they didn't vote that way right I don't know about that you, you think it was a stolen election no, with, without a doubt um, could you take up your personal issues with your lovely little uh, wifey there? Uh, nobody needs to know that you uh, want to be paddled to this day, that you have fond memories of being paddled by your principal. Uh, I don't even want to go there. Uh, but this is what they think the president of the United States is supposed to be doing, is kicking the ass or beating the ass of ordinary Americans. Uh, and they, I don't know, who's your daddy fantasies he has over there? Oh, but wait, there's more. What about uh, he just said he's going to be a dictator? The other day, Donald Trump said on his first day he's going to be a dictator for a day. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I like that. Would you rather have Donald Trump as a dictator for four years or reelect Joe Biden for four years? I would rather have Donald Trump. I'd like to see the repeal the Roosevelt law so that he can be a president for a lot more than four years. But we, this country, needs a dictator. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Okay. We need our own Adolf. We need our own Mussolini. We need our own dictator, everybody. We need our own Putin. We need our own Chi. Screw freedom. It didn't work out. People in Iowa don't think freedom was a good bet. They don't think it was a good plan. They don't think democracy is, you know, the way to go anymore. They've given up. They've given up on it, and they would like to leave to their children a dictatorship. (laughs) Who doesn't? Who doesn't? (laughs) Donald Trump said in a speech that on day one for a day, he would be a dictator. What do you think of that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. Would you rather have four know. years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of Joe Biden as a president? Trump. As a dictator? Maybe. <laughs> would you rather have four years of uh, Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of Joe Biden as a president? Donald Trump all the way. Even as a dictator? Yes, yes. Even coming out of Slovakia? Yes, yes. Would you rather have four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of Joe Biden as a president? We have a dictator currently, so. What? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, So we had blonde Snooki there. (laughs) who's deciding that, uh, you know, she wants to forget about the freedom of the Jersey Shore. You know, in Iowa, they're pretty damn sure that they want a dictatorship and, uh, you know. 
a blonde Snooky is all about it. And her and her lovely girlfriend, who you know are discovering their path in life together right now. Um, <laughs> they they are like uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't know but you know I don't want to be like left out of the click. I don't want to be like uh, you know uh, left to the mean girls by myself. I need I need a, a band of of girlfriends you know to protect me. So whatever they say is what I'll do. These clips have made me more profoundly sad than anything you've ever played. And we are screwed. And this is this is the transformation into a dictatorship. Like, this is how it well, happened in Nazi Germany. get ready to be sadder. Nazi Germany. This is how it happened. Get People ready to be even like more depressed, okay? Uh. Here, here. This, is, this is an amazing thing. So over the weekend, this is crazy, okay? So you have Ron DeSantis, who is running uh, for the nomination of the GOP, right? And you have... Uh, a guy from Florida named Marco Rubio, who is one of Florida's two senators. The other one is Rick Scott, who looks like a skeleton. Okay, he's a he's a, a Medicare fraudster. He committed the biggest Medicare fraud in the history of Medicare, and he is our senator. Okay, and then you got Marco, little Marco. So little Marco, when he was running against Donald Trump in 2016, tried to send up the flares, tried to send up the warning signals, tried to tell you that if you vote for Donald Trump, you're going to get chaos. If you vote for Donald Trump, you're going to get a con man, okay? If you vote for, for, for Donald Trump, you're going to be so sorry because he's going to behave like a third world Latin American dictator, right? Uh, and he trashes Donald Trump on every single aspect of Donald Trump, from his comb over to his vanity, to his tanning, uh, you know, habit, to his lying, to his grifting, to his cheating, to his strongman thing that he's got going on there, right? You know what happened over the weekend? Guess. Guess who endorsed Donald Trump? Go ahead. Say it. Say it! Right. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio endorsed Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis is running to beat Donald Trump. They're both from Florida. I mean, go figure. Is it that DeSantis is so egregious because you know him really well? Or is it that you're afraid of Trump's supporters because everybody's getting swatted? Five six one two seven zero thirty eight forty four. Five six one two seven zero thirty eight forty four. Marco, then here's what happens in many countries around the world. You have a leader that emerges and basically says, forget, don't put your faith in yourselves, don't put your faith in society, put your faith in me. I'm a strong leader and I'm going to make things better by all by myself. This is very typical. You see it in the third world. You see it a lot in Latin America for decades. It's basically the argument he's making that he single-handedly is going to turn the country around. We've never been that kind of country. We have a president. The president is an American citizen who serves for a period of time, constrained by the constitutions and the powers vested in that office. The president works for the people, not the people for the president. Huh. And if you listen to the way he describes himself and what he's going to do, he's going to single-handedly do this and do that without regard for whether it's legal or not. Um, look. I think people are going to have to make up their mind. I can tell you this, no matter what happens in this election, for years to come, there are many people on the right, in the media, and voters at large that are going to be having to explain and justify how they fell into this trap of supporting Donald Trump, because this is not going to end well. <laughs> you better
got to start splaining. You got a lot of splaining to do, Marco. Because that was Marco then, and this weekend he endorsed Donald Trump over his fellow Floridian, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious, whatever, uh, you know, Donald Trump is calling him today. Uh, Rubio is literally a chicken. He's literally a coward. He's literally a small, tiny little guy, uh, inside and out. It's sad. It's sad. He said so many things to warn us off of voting for Donald Trump. There is no way we are going to allow a con artist to take over oh. the conservative movement, and Donald Trump is a con artist. Really? So what do you think a Trump government would look like, Senator? It would be chaos. No <laughs> one knows. But it would look probably like the positions he's held for all these years uh, on, on many of these issues. He is wholly unprepared to be president of the United States. He refuses to answer questions on any specific public policy. He has no plan for health care, for example. They asked him about the debt. He claimed he's going to cut the debt by cutting fraud and abuse, oh. which everyone acknowledges. He didn't get any follow-up or any press on that, and nobody pressed him on that afterwards. I tried to get the moderators to ask him about it. This is the most important government job on the planet. We're about to turn over the conservative movement to a person that has no ideas of any substance on the important issues, the nuclear codes of the United States to an erratic individual, yeah. and the conservative movement okay, let, to someone us, who has spent a career sticking it to working people. Unbelievable. He endorsed him. Th that same person, that same man, that same uh, uh, mouthpiece right there just uh, endorsed Donald Trump after all he had to say about Donald And, you know, it was, uh, it was very... Um, uh, it was it was very uh, prophetic. It, it, he predicted what it would look like. Do you remember the Trump pre presidency? Does everybody or is your are your senses so dulled at this point? Uh, but uh, do you remember getting up every single day asking what did he tweet? What did he do? Uh, and, and, you know, fire and fury. And, and, and we thought nuclear war and this. and that. I mean, do you remember what it was like living under that man, the chaos and the and the disease and the uh, lying and everything was a hoax, even though people were, a million people were dying and bodies were being buried on Rikers Island, not Rikers Island, on uh, uh, Ward's Island there in New York, uh, Potter's Field. I mean, it, it was it was bizarre world. It was like, uh, it was like a really uh, freaking bad movie. But it was happening. It was real. It was real. And Marco said, you know, it's going to be chaotic. Marco said, it's, uh, this man is not prepared. This man has no skills. This man has no interest. He doesn't care about you. Or, all he cares about is his comb over. I mean, this is, this is what he cares about. So you have to ask yourself, how does a man appeal to a few evangelicals? I mean, like 50,000, 50,000 evangelicals voted for him. The 115,000 people total went to these caucuses out of a population of 3.1 million. Right. So keep that in mind the whole time they're telling you on the TV. He won Iowa. Keep that in mind. We're talking about 50,000 people. OK. Who allowed themselves to be disrespected. On their own soil, in their own home, Iowa, because he barely went there. Don't you remember how he trashed uh, Hillary and said she she needed to lose because she didn't go to Wisconsin. She didn't go to Michigan. Remember that? Remember that? He didn't go to Iowa. He went to Iowa like a half a time, a half a time. And there's Marco going, uh, Marco, <laughs> they're the same people. There's uh, Ron DeSantis going to all 99 counties, 99 counties, uh, one after the other. And Donald Trump won every single county except one. It's where I think the University of Iowa is, State University of Iowa. 
Yeah, because uh, they're not having any of this, okay? They're, so they, they, I think Donald Trump in that particular uh, caucus room got 10 votes. This is what we're talking about here. We're talking about rooms where, you know, uh, 25 people actually pick who wins the entire county. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, okay, and that's why they're always wrong, okay? But here, here, here is a guy who told people to come out and vote for him, and then it's, and even if they were sick, okay? And then, uh, you know, after you crawl over glass and, you know, your, your, your arteries and your veins are opened and you're bleeding out for him, uh, you could go ahead and die. He's cool with that. That's good. And then he has to leave your state to go to his rape defamation trial. The second one. <laughs> the second one. See, the... E. Jean Carroll's trial, okay, the second one, started today, and it's just about damages at this point. It's not even about whether or not he defamed her. It's not even about whether or not he raped her. That's already decided, okay? And the answer to those questions are yes and yes, okay? And so he, she got uh, awarded $5 million in the first trial, okay? And then what does he do? He goes out and defames her again. And so she sues him again because this woman is taking, uh, not, she, she's taking none of his crap. This is what it looks like. When you take none of his, his dung, Iowa, you don't have to, you know. Although I know you think his dung is fertilizer. It's manna from heaven. But she sued him again. And now she wants $10 million and she'll get it. And they'll still vote for him, these 50,000 people, Okay. And they'll get the endorsement of every single stinking Republican, including Marco Rubio, who made an entire year about warning you about this con man, an entire year of trashing him. Once a choker, always a choker. I guess that's what he meant to say. <laughs> he spelled choker, C-H-O-K-E-R, choker. He called me Mr. Meltdown. Let me tell you something. Last night in the debate during one of the breaks, two of the breaks, he went backstage he was having a meltdown. First, he had this little makeup thing applying like makeup around his mustache because he had one of those sweat mustaches. Then, oh my God. Then he asked for a full-length mirror. I don't know why, because the podium goes up to here, but he wanted a full-length mirror. Maybe to make sure his pants weren't wet. I don't know. Oh, then oh. <laughs> and now he endorses them I, I just, uh, over Ron DeSantis, who is from Florida. All right, so Ron DeSantis spent $150 million. That's how this conversation started, right? You know, if you break that down to the 24,150 votes that he received from the very uber white people in Iowa last night, that breaks down to $6,250 per person. Why don't they just cut the crap and go and hand checks to people instead of putting it on TV and then getting people to say, the media sucks. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. It to is. speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. All right, 47 after the hour. Uh, let's talk to David in Missouri. Yes, Randy, I've watched you for years. This is the best show, including the commercials, that you have ever had. I hope you get better soon. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, he didn't get to, he chickened out because the crux of his call was Trump is an inspiration to anyone that they can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he called up with. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess so. I guess I guess Trump can do anything he wants. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, he, he, he can actually rape a woman. And then at the deposition, he can actually sit there and say, well, you know, when you're a star, you're allowed to. Historically, you're allowed to. In this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. <laughs> it's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the Well, that's what, it's, if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been oh largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Or fortunately. And you consider yourself uh, to be a star? I think you can say that, yeah. <laughs> that's worth $10 million, you know that. They're going to play that on an endless loop in the courtroom, and the jury is going to say, 10 million, that's it? That's all you're asking for? Hey, throw in another 20 for your time and troubles. That man is disgusting. <laughs> you know, I mean, you play stuff like that to a jury, and uh, yeah, there goes your inspo for the day. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I mean and, and, and the evangelicals, uh, honestly, I mean, I try and figure out all the time, like, why are they supporting Satan? Why are, and he is, he's the devil, man. He, he is one of the nastiest, ugliest human beings you will ever come across in your day to day. Okay. The man is a, a, a user of people. He is a person that looks down on others. He's somebody that, you know, uh, will spit in your face just as soon as, you know, you turn around, he'll stick the shiv in your back while complimenting you on the other side of the border. Do you know, he, he's so, um, he's, he's so manipulative and he's so insincere and he's such a liar and such a con man that there is absolutely no taking him at face value, no taking him at his word. The man has no character. He has no integrity at all, right? And yet you have the Iowans who claim to be closer to thee than thee uh, and, and, and saying that, you know, he's their guy. And I keep trying to figure out why that would be. And the only thing I could think of is because when Satan shows up and says he will do your dirty work for you, so that you don't have to jeopardize your moment of truth at the pearly gate later on. Maybe some people say that's a good deal for me. Maybe some people do. I don't know. We will pray for God and we will be with God. (laughs) As we are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. Stop saying God. You don't know. I mean, two Corinthians walk into the bar is, is, is all you know about anything that's in the Bible. Okay. You've never read it. You don't read anything. That's why it was easy for him to say, I never read Mein Kampf. And I believed him because he doesn't read anything ever. Okay. He was leafing through a book that he kept in his bed table that was given to him. So the story goes, I mean, what can you believe about anything he says that the it was a book of speeches that Adolf gave, a book of, uh, you know, Adolf's speeches. 
I could see him picking up like the cliff notes, the Mein Kampf cliff notes and going through that. I Not that. even that. It was a book of speeches that uh, Adolf gave that a friend of his apparently gave to him thinking he would enjoy this. And he did. And he kept it in his night table. And, you know, he would, uh, you know, read a page or two. And then he claimed that a nation of immigrants, meaning almost all of us, almost all of us, our descendants came from someplace not here. Almost all of us. And he's telling his people, his God-loving, God-fearing, God-praying people, that people who come here now and immigrate here now are poisoning your immigrant blood. How is that a thing? How is that believable? How is that possible? How is that knowable? How is that... No, it, this, is, this is who he is. He, he, he literally p- preys on people's uh, worst instincts, and yet they're telling me he's a god. He's a god. God made him. And I can't figure it out, except to say... That when Satan comes along and says he'll do your dirty work and you are a, uh, you know, a a God-fearing person, you say, all right, let him do it. Let him do it. I can't imagine any. And, and, you know, he makes no sense. I don't know if you even saw him try to make sense. He went there to try and trash Nikki Haley. Okay, all of a sudden, Nikki Haley was somebody he hired. He hired Nikki Haley to be our United Nations ambassador. Okay, he picked her out. He wanted her to be part of his administration. And now she's running against him, so she must be decimated. And he tried to get on the same stage where he said he's praying for God. He's, he prays on behalf of God. I don't know, uh, which makes him Satan, you know. But he tried to trash Nikki Haley, and he couldn't make any sense out of trashing. He couldn't do it. Biden is clobbering Nikki Haley. She's killing Nikki Haley in the polls, and she's also beating DeSantis in the polls. What is, what, the, what, 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 what? So I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't understand why people find him appealing or vote worthy or electable or a leader. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess some people really, really want to see the end of democracy because they're so afraid. They're so afraid that white people are going to be de- devalued somehow he speaks to that all the time and that they would rather see a dictator who protects the declining uh, you know a treatment that white people get and make sure that because when you when you look at some of this polling when you look at some of the answers to these questions about would biden uh, pass laws that favor white people or would he be neutral Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees that Biden would be neutral when he's passing laws. Okay, but when you ask if Trump will pass laws that favor white people, the Trump voter especially says, yes, he will. And that is a plus for them because they think that they will be the favored white person. Well, I got news for you. Not all the white people can be in the favored class. And so what he's got to do then is to take white people and turn white people against white people, certain ones. You know, and he's going to do that. <laughs> he is. Matt in New York. Hi, Randy. Um, first time, long time. Oh, wow. 
I got a lot of respect for you. Um, I just, you know, I heard this dictator thing yesterday or whatever. And I had to, this summer, like July or something, I was working on a refrigerator. I'm a refrigeration mechanic, learned it in the Army when you were in the service, (laughs) actually, about 78 to 81. Uh, So anyway, yeah, so he something came up, Trump, whatever. And I made a, you know, and he goes, you don't like Trump? I said, no, no, not really. And uh, he goes, you know, I took political science in college, and they told us that every once in a while a country needs a dictator to uh-huh. straighten out the country. Is that right? And I just, I was down there on my knee. I looked up and I said, not in my lifetime. No. Yeah. And that just made me so mad. Well, see, but this is why Donald Trump says that people that fight for America are suckers and losers. He says it so that nobody will fight for America once he destroys, you know, the democracy that is the reason why mm. this country is. Um, he, yeah. yeah, he wants people to lay down and take it. And so, and, and he's going to feed them. You don't want to die on a battlefield, uh, you know, defending uh, mm. some, some nebulous concept of democracy. You'd be a sucker. You'd be a loser like John McCain and like, uh, you know, uh, uh, General Flynn's son, right? And, and Kelly's son. You know, you know, you mm. don't want to die like Bo Biden did. I mean, they're all suckers and losers. So sit down and let me, uh, let me, let me fix the country just for you and everybody else can go to hell. It's, it seems so easy for people to say that that we're never in the service. They, you know, they don't understand. I know, no, they don't. <laughs> they really don't. And uh, thank you for learning refrigeration in this. <laughs> I learned what a door plug is, and they're blowing out of airplanes now. But we don't, we don't need any government. You know, we don't need anybody to make sure our planes are uh, sturdy. <laughs> we need a dictator to make sure white people's planes are sturdy. And only certain white people's planes are sturdy. Mary We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Road Show. Turn up your mind. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a man to test the will and goodness of a free people. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who failed in everything but theft and broken promises to live in a golden palace and convince the poor he serves their needs. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a wicked man to lead the common folk with hatred and fear. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a corrupt man who is above the law and immune from justice. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who will use violence to seize power. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man whose followers will call black white, call evil good, and call criminals hostages. So God made a dictator. God said, I need his political party to obey without question, and the press fear his wrath. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a cruel man who uses his power and position to punish and harm his opposition. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who breaks the faith of even his most godly followers and leads them to idolatry. Place him above me. So God made a dictator. And then God said, I sent this man to test you, and until you cast him down, you have failed. So God made a dictator.
damn. <laughs> so you know what that is an answer to. The Lincoln Project made that ad an answer to an ad that actually says that God made Donald Trump. Yeah, that's what that is in response to. And, and the evangelicals in Iowa aren't getting the, the message here. And the message is that unless and until you turn your back on a person like that, you have failed the test, the godliness test, the test of character, the test of integrity, the tech, the, there's no way, I mean, so, and you know, the voiceover is supposed to sound like Paul Harvey page, and now you know the rest of the story. I used to love that until I found out that he was a right-wing, lunatic, fringy guy. I never understood, uh, you know, that that is what Paul Harvey was until uh, Rush Limbaugh actually uh, clued me in about that. And uh, so there you have it. But I, I, I just don't even understand why people don't understand what Donald Trump is doing to you and what he's doing to this country. And that the polarization and the pulling apart of America and the disbelief that's being injected into our dem democratic bloodstream that democracy doesn't work, that it will fail in the end and it's better to get it over with now and put it in the hands of a dictator, put it in the hands of a Donald Trump, put it in the hands of somebody who will use violence to stay in power, use violence to take power. I, I don't understand why people aren't clued in on the fact that they're failing miserably in answering the question, like, what would you have done if you were in Germany in 1933? Like, what would you have done? You know, everybody wonders, everybody does. People who are, you know, Jewish like me wonder, you know, like, would I have uh, the courage? Uh, would I have been, been able to know when to flee, know when to get out? Or would I have been taken? Would I have been ghettoized? Would I have been put in, in some Polish ghetto? Would I have been, you know, a, 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 a useful, uh, you know, a pop maker? Would I have, you know, been uh, somebody that was essential to the war effort and left, to live for a little while, or would I have just been, you know, taken to the uh, the slaughterhouse? I mean, nobody knows what they would have done because these are unfathomable questions that uh, defy answers unless you're actually being put through it, right? But you're being put through it. And some people are failing miserably. Not a lot, though, I will say. Again, I can't, I can't tell you this enough today and going forward. This is a tiny smidgen of Americans who participated last night in the caucuses, a place where they never get it right, number one. Number two, where 90% of the population is white. Number three, where like uh, there's three million people and 115,000 participated in this. And this, you know, campaigning went on in Iowa for almost a full solid year. Okay, so after 11 months of heavy duty spending, heavy duty campaigning, going to all these different counties, how many, uh, you know, uh, uh, rep how many um, nominees or possible uh, candidates do we have? I mean, it was like an enormous number of candidates, right? Doug Burgum. Okay, so here's what I think. I think Vivek, who was auditioning to be Donald Trump's vice president, you know, he uh, pulled out yesterday. Ooh, sorry. He uh, suspended his campaign yesterday. Uh, it's done. It's over. I thought that he was uh, running for Donald Trump's vice president. 
And I think Donald Trump, uh, you know, saw the loyalty in him and thinks he's probably a useful idiot in some weird way, but not for vice president. I don't think so, because Doug Burgum, that mealy mouth, you know, like uh, he, he's he's a guy from uh, what, South Dakota? I, I, you're going to I mean, I get my Dakotas messed up, right? North, South. They both look like the moon. Uh, but Doug Burgum was like a, a tech guy who came out of South Dakota, made a freaking fortune in, uh, you know, uh, data. Uh, and, and I don't know exactly what he did with data, but made a fortune. And he was sort of on the stage running for the presidency. And the guy had like less personality than Mike Pence, which is hard to accomplish. It's hard to go below Mike Pence's uh, propensity to bore you to death in the middle of a sentence. And Burgum does that. He is that good at being boring. And I think that's more Donald Trump's pick than Vivek, who's got a big mouth, a big smarmy attitude and a, and a fat face mouth who just likes to, you know, say anything that comes to into his head that he thinks would bully a crowd. I don't think that that's a suitable thing for Donald Trump's veep. He wants somebody quiet. He wants somebody mealy-mouthed. He wants somebody that doesn't, uh, you know, need attention or feeding or care. He wants somebody that's going to go along to get along and just shut up about it. And I think Doug Burgum is probably that guy. I really do. So that's my uh, my pick for a uh, vice president here. But, you know, when, when you look at uh, the, the, the people that did show up for him, and not just for him, you know, to participate in this whole thing after 11 months. It was a minuscule number. It was a tiny little sliver of Iowans. It was so tiny. It was so small. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the honest to God truth is that everybody's now claiming it's a two-person race, okay? So DeSantis, who came in second, second. Do, do you understand when they're, they're going to talk in percentages to you? If they talk in percentages to you, they're going to tell you, here's, here's what they wrote in the newspaper, 96% um, of the expected votes tallied, 96%. It sounds like a whole lot of people showed up. It's 115,000 out of 3 million. 51% of caucus goers selected Trump. 51%. You understand what that number is? That's 58,000 out of 3 million people. 58,000. That's like less than a stadium full of football fans, okay, in, in some large cities. That's who voted for the, Okay, and then 24,150 voted for Ron DeSantis, and 21,850 voted for Nikki Haley, okay? And they're, they're all claiming victory. They're all claiming victory. It's so, except I got to tell you, you, you know the good liars. They're, they're the best, right? They're the this is what they did uh, for Ron DeSantis yesterday. Real quick, before we get started, thank you, everyone. Governor DeSantis, I want to present to you this participation trophy. <laughs> <laughs> now, probably not going to win the election, right? But we're proud of you for trying. I mean, Sorry, buddy. Sorry. He's special, right. he's Go unique, ahead. and he's our little snowflake. Thank <laughs> you. Here you go. Did you want the award? And he has these uh, burly men at, at, at the behest of his uh, lovely little wife who dressed her child in a Donald Trump onesie for a TV commercial, okay? To just lick the boots of this uh, evil, ugly man, Donald Trump. And now she's uh, going, security, security. 
Here's your participation trophy. Our little snowflake. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. Overnight, a record-breaking victory for former President Donald Trump, yeah. winning Iowa in a landslide. The big night is going to be in November when we take back our country, and truly, we do make our country great again. Trump's 30-point win, the largest for any Republican candidate in a contested Iowa caucus. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis staked his entire campaign on this state, coming in a distant second, but edging out former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. In spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. Bye-bye. Haley, who was betting on a strong finish to launch her into New Hampshire, falling short and into third. Our campaign is the last best hope of stopping the Trump-Biden nightmare. It was the lowest caucus turnout in 25 years. Ha! Those determined to show up, braving sub-zero life-threatening temperatures and dangerous driving conditions. It's been difficult, but um, we persevere, and uh, those who persevere to the end, they're gonna win. Iowa rarely picks the eventual Republican nominee, Never. but the caucuses often narrow the field, Trump was quick to suggest it's time for his rivals to get out of the race. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. What? It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world. And moments later, <laughs> one Republican did drop out. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, who drew attention for his brash style on the debate stage and embrace of conspiracy theories, <laughs> suspending his campaign and endorsing Trump. Earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I... Congratulate him on his victory, and now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency, him. and I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. The right answer to all temperature-related deaths is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels. He's a genius, I tell you, a genius. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it, oh, wow. So it was the lowest turnout uh, in 30 years. It was the lowest, lowest turnout. And, you know, Donald Trump isn't just a candidate. He was the president. Oh, hey, I, I hate that this happened to us. I'm sorry, but it did. It's now part of our history. Donald Trump was the president of the United States of America. He was the 45th president of the United States of America. And so when Donald Trump runs as a candidate, he's not running as, you know, Vivek. He's not running as Nikki Haley, the U.N. ambassador. He's not running as a senator. He's not running as a House member. He's running as basically an incumbent. He's running as a president, the past president of the United States. I don't think that's ever happened before. <laughs> and now you can see why. Uh, but, you know, we've never had a president that uh, actually urged an insurrection we've never had a president who stood on a stage and said you have to fight uh, you know fight like uh, be tough or you won't have a country we've never had a president that engaged in uh, you know trying to overthrow the results of a free and fair election we've never had a whole bunch of these things we've never had a president on trial for rico violations okay we've never had a president on trial for rape we've never had a president who's facing another 10 million dollars in damages from the same woman who was awarded five million dollars in damages because he lies about her and it's demonstrably true 
what she said happened to her that he raped her. And and he holds himself out as the evangelicals pick. I mean, it's it's such a bizarre world that we're in. And of course, this is unprecedented. It's never happened before. Never. But the way that the media reports this, you would think that, you know, uh, millions of people showed up last night and it was a landslide victory and they no you're talking about you know 25,000 votes here 25,000 votes there and then he got 58,000 votes out of 3 million 3 million and the money that was spent in that state in order to buy these votes uh, it's 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 obscene Robert in California uh hi Nikki can you hear me okay I don't know who Nikki is, but I'm sure she can. Uh, I, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I want to talk about the, the low numbers and the turnouts uh, and how, you know, in this country, you know, we're barely a democracy because so few people participate and vote. And what shows like yours might might do to increase that turnout. And, uh, you know, the like showing that uh, the 58,000 votes, and I love what you said about that's barely a football stadium. What percent of the people in the state of uh, Iowa is that? What percent of uh, potential voters? Well, just, you know, you have to do the math, uh, you know, get a calculator. It's, it's if, 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 if there's 3.1 million population and 115,000 showed up, then you can figure out what the percentage is. Right. And so it's like if, you know, if, if, if shows like yours would do more like like PSAs and show that that uh, this last person got elected with, uh, you know, four or five, 10 percent of the population in the state, you know, young people, you make a difference. People of color, uh, uh, retired people, you all make a difference. Get out the vote, register and, and uh, participate in this because, uh, you know. <laughs> We're well, being you know, ruled. I, I will we're tell you this. By a minority. I will t- no, we're not. We're, they're trying to get us to be ruled by a minority, but we're not. Not yet. So 2020 was the highest voter turnout in my lifetime, this past election. Enough people saw the threat and they showed up and they voted against Donald Trump. OK, that's a, like eight million people more voted for Joe Biden than voted for Donald Trump. So we had a massive voter turnout. The, the lesson here is that when you have low voter turnout, it favors Republicans, it favors quacks, it favors, you know, uh, the, the very uh, lunatic fringe. When you have high voter turnout, you get uh, a Democratic win- winner almost all the time, almost all the time. The good news. Yeah, that's the, that's good news. And sadly, the low turnout favors the, uh, the bad guys. And, and, uh, and it's a hopeful sign. Right. That so, we had a so, turnout in 2020. So, so, uh, so what's on the ballot this particular cycle is women's rights, voting rights. People understand that democracy itself is on the ballot. And while that is just a, an idea, and that's all democracy is, is an idea, people feel the threat. They understand it. Okay. And I just don't think it for the, I, I believe with all my intuition that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. I also believe that Donald Trump will lose. 
Well, I agree with you. And, uh, uh, I, I, just I, think, hope, uh, I, I just think America shows up in droves, especially the women. Uh, the idea that they're trying to split us down the ass crack over uh, the Palestinian issue. Do you, do, do you think Donald Trump wouldn't bomb the crap out of Gaza, uh, like nuke them? So if they're setting up, you know, Joe Biden as some sort of a warmonger because, you know, he's friends with the only democracy in that neighborhood and they're trying to get people of color to, you know, be repelled by that idea, then you're voting for Donald Trump, who would literally nuke the Palestinians off the face of the earth. Literally, he got involved in a civil war in Syria on Bashir al-Assad's side, okay? Stop kidding yourself. Almost half of the base of the Republican Party showing up for this caucus tonight voted against Donald Trump. Think about that. I mean, this is the most famous Republican. He's the guy who, you know, basically built the modern Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party that Democrats are running against. And half the people in that party didn't vote for Donald Trump. So I think that is telling. It tells you the weakness of Donald Trump and also the opportunity for Democrats. That's uh, J.B. Pritzker, uh, you know, uh, literally uh, just laying it out in uh, the most appropriate fashion telling you that if Donald Trump got 50% of the vote, that means that 50% of the people who went to the caucus did not vote for the past president, the past Republican president of the United States. And that is also a wonderful way to look at what happened in Iowa. Not just that Iowa almost always gets it wrong, that their function is not to pick the next president. Their function is to narrow the field. Their function is to Uh, Like if you have 14 Republicans, which is what we had on one stage, their function is to whittle it down to maybe three, which is where we're at now. Right. That's that's what Iowa's function is. Now, Nikki Haley, what she say last week, she said um, Iowa doesn't get it right. uh, But uh, that New Hampshire, Iowa votes and New Hampshire corrects them. Something like that. Right. Saying that Iowa always gets it wrong. And they and they literally do always get it wrong. And people spend a year in Iowa, except for Donald Trump, who didn't even pay his respects to Iowa in the manner in which Iowa is used to being respected. Doesn't even play the game. And uh, you still, you know, you only have half of the people uh, in that, uh, you know, I'm willing to give up the couch when it's, you know, below zero and we just had a blizzard and drive 30 miles or 20 miles uh, through this rural, uh, you know, on this rural road to go to the only, uh, you know, caucus location in my county to, uh, you know, put a little piece of paper into a, uh, you know, a shopping bag for Donald Trump. I'm willing to do that. And, And very few people were willing to do that. Are you more confident in his loss this time? Yes. Than last time, you are more confident in his loss. Well, he won this time. No, 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 I'm saying overall, because you, you ended the last segment saying that you're confident that he will lose the presidential election. Oh, the general? And, and are I'm, you I'm, more I was, confident in his loss this time around? Oh, you're conflating two things. So, uh, yes, I, I, I think he will lose the general election. Because when you look at, you know, uh, just what happened last night, and you see that 50% of 90% of the white people in, in, in Iowa... Okay, you see that very few. I mean, we looked up the the, the 
previous caller, I forget your name, I'm sorry, who asked what is the percentage of people who voted in the caucuses last night in Iowa, and I told you what the numbers are. So if you had 115,000 people show up out of a population of 3.1 million, then uh, it's 3.7% that showed up to vote for the past Republican president of the United States or against him. And so if 3%, 3 3.7% of the entirety of Iowa who had, you know, who are Republican uh, had the opportunity to vote, didn't even bother to show up, right? Only 3% did. And half of them voted for candidates other than Donald Trump. Then I feel really sure he cannot survive a general election. Love it. I know people, you, you love it, but people in this audience hate when I say that. Why is that? Because they think that means they don't have to vote and that people will get the wrong message from me that he's going to lose and you don't have to participate. So let me, uh, you know, caveat that. My prediction that Donald Trump loses the general presupposes that you show up in better than 2020 numbers. Okay, so if everybody takes it seriously the way we did in 2020, which I believe people do, not will, but do, I believe people understand the threat to democracy that that man is. I think people understand the threat to sanity that that man is. I think people understand the economy is better, much better than his economy was. I think people understand that Biden is a, uh, a man of character and integrity. Uh, I think they understand that with Biden, we get the child tax credit, the monthly t- child tax credit back. We proceed to take an, you know, the, the people who live in poverty out of poverty, uh, and we do it in the best way we know how, and that is by building factories, creating opportunities where people live in the rust belt and now the battery belt. People understand what's at stake here. You know, they say they vote their pocketbook. Fine, go ahead and vote your pocketbook. I hope you do. I really do. I hope people vote their their pocketbook. I hope they vote their ability to buy a house. I hope they vote for their ability to move freely about the country. I know women are going to vote because they, you know, women like me, I refuse to hand my, my, my child and her children fewer rights than I had in the freaking 80s. I mean, that's ridiculous, ridiculous that any grown woman would vote for that would vote to take rights away from women who are being left to bleed out in parking lots or women who have twins that they're carrying and one is viable and the other isn't. But in order to save the one that is, you have to get rid of the one that's, that's not. And Republicans aren't for that. And I don't think any woman in this country is going to vote to, to, to leave less freedom for their children. I just, I don't see it. This whole thing on banning books and, and the whole uh, ridiculous thing about uh, the, 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 the lies and the, and the disinformation and the misinformation, rehashing uh, the, the, the same-sex marriage issue, rehashing things that we have uh, grown to, to, to embrace and live and let live. It has been like our mantra in this country to a great result for almost every family really 
you have children thriving in, in, in families where there's parents now that are both home or both working, or, or, but they all love their kids now. I mean, there's so much uh, to be said about the, the advances that we've made, and they want to rehash this hatred they want through, through you know, vi viral lies and disinformation. I mean, you know, last night, it's so interesting that um, RuPaul's drag, drag Race, I, I have to admit, I don't watch it. But uh, Drew, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race uh, won a, an Emmy last night. And he stood up there and he said, listen, I, I just want to tell you that you should listen to the drag queens. Because when they tell you, when they tell you that the reason why they don't want us reading books to children is because they want children dumbed down because people who don't have access to knowledge are easier to, you know, take advantage of. They become more afraid when they don't understand the world in which they live, you know, and so listen to the drag queen. I, I, I have to say, you know, why is everybody or anybody afraid of a drag queen? Like, how, how did that happen? Oh, that's right. TikTok. Oh, good grief. Oh, good Lord. You know, we have had drag queens with us since the beginning of time, since Shakespearean days. I mean, that's as far back as I can track it. Give me a break with this. Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. All right, buy a stinker podcast, everybody. We got bills to pay uh, in January. So thank you very, very much. Uh, just visit us at randyroads.com and donate. Okay, then. Thank you, Kate in California. <laughs> yeah, hi, Randy. Hi. Uh, I was looking at those numbers from Iowa last night, and I'm thinking, that's not very many voters. And I thought, well, the caucus thing, is that different? And then I Googled this morning the total active Republican voters for the state of Iowa January 2024, it's almost 600,000 registered active Republican voters. I that have... suggest he got less than 10% of the Republican vote, period. Yeah, I have 752,000 as the uh, registered Republican voters in Iowa. And that would... Okay. And, and 58,000 uh, would represent 7%. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that, you know, the media, the way that they present this makes it seem like he's insurmountable. And, uh, and you know, no, why they, you know, why they, right. they do it because they want a horse race really badly. And the more, right. And the more I hear him and the more I see people not responding to him, especially in places like Iowa, we'll watch New Hampshire, uh, you know, as next Tuesday, but see you next Tuesday. But uh, honestly, I, I don't, I don't think he's got a prayer. I really don't and you know i don't think he does either randy i don't think he does either i know people out here in california northern california relatives in particular that had voted for trump in 2016 were planning on voting for who any other primary candidate that they felt had a better chance of beating trump or they weren't going to vote at all and then after the primary which i believe is in march now for california they're changing their voter registration to Democratic, and they're voting for Joe Biden. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm hearing it left and right. So things are changing. Tide's turning. And thank you, Randy. Love you. Thank well, you for all you do. Oh, it's same to you. Thank you, Kate. I, I appreciate you very much. Thanks. Uh, Rob in Arizona. 
Hey, Randy. Hi. Hey, you know, yeah, this is the time to take out. You know, we can't wait for a time machine. We can't huh. wait till after the election. Because, you know, the old saying is like, you know, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and take out baby Hitler. Well, well, this is that moment. And I don't mean take him, uh, Trump out, you know, in any violent way. We just can't allow him to be elected. And I think the thing that'll sway things a little bit more is, and uh, all these indictments, the four with the New York and all, the, all this, I think if we can get some indictments on that before the election, that'll help shave enough over, you know, uh, I, I think it's, I hope it's a landslide too, but I think uh, the way things have been, it's like been really, really close. And I think indictments will help convince the people who are not committed to party to say, oh, we don't want to, you know, how's he going to do this from prison? There are 91, you know, there are 91 felony indictments today. Yeah, and, and and I always say an indictment is a law broken, you know. So this he's broken. No, you know, an indictment, an, an indictment is an allegation that a law is broken. It means that there's probable cause to believe that a law has been broken. That's what an indictment uh, is. Well, an indictment well, is given by a grand jury. Um, they they vote whether or not uh, there's probable cause to believe that somebody has violated uh, this law or that law. And 91 uh, indictments uh, exist today against Donald Trump in four separate jurisdictions. So right, like the Florida one, you know, with the uh, the the, the, the documents? documents. Yeah, Those but are, uh, four, forty criminal charges right there, and he alone did that to himself. I mean, those, well, you know, he has like a slam dunk too. He has a very, very friendly judge in Aileen Cannon. You know that she she will delay this thing till way after the election has concluded. Uh, she she's just, you know, uh, hedging her own bet as not an impartial jurist, but as a person who wants to not be, uh, uh, you know, swiped by Donald Trump's, uh, you know, fan base. So she's going to postpone this trial for him. And yes, of all the of all the things he's done, this is the easiest one to prove because he had the documents and there's a photographic evidence of them taking them there. And there's photographic and evidence of them taking it out of there. Right. And I think the one that would hurt his pride the most is the New York one, which we should have something on by the end of this month. So you've got 34 criminal counts in his uh, business records. And th- to me, that's kind of the, the one that would hurt him the most to see his, his brand erased out of New York. I just can only hope he gets kicked out of that. Well, that's what, that's what the media tells us. You know, they that everybody is saying, well, if Donald Trump was forbidden from doing business in, you know, New York, New York, where, you know, he's a, a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker, I am too. There's a certain sense of pride about being a New Yorker and, you know, being, uh, you know, having your name on certain buildings. But, you know, even that's a fraud. You know, Donald Trump does not own Trump Tower. You know that, right? He only owns yeah, the... Yeah, we let Jared own, and then he kind of put his name on it. I mean, he just brands... No, it. no, just... no, no. He owns... No? What, what Donald Trump owns is the apartment, that he, the triplex that he lives in, and he owns the retail space at, in the um, on the street. You know, like when you walk in through the you know revolving door, then there's a bunch of stores in there, and he owns those stores. He doesn't own the right. building. But you can't tell me there aren't some people salivating over maybe getting some, some of his... Uh is a uh, business interest <laughs> on the on the cheap if you had to uh, sell I, I don't well, know the only thing that he ha- a- the only thing he has to sell as far as Trump Tower goes is his apartment and uh, you know the uh, his share of revenue from the stores that's it that's all he has he doesn't own that building and so you don't think these other indictments because you get the federal indictment on obstructing uh, official proceedings which is like the January 6th thing and then you also have the Georgia case um, and I, I just hope some of these get resolved before the election. I don't think the Georgia okay, one. So the, Geor- the Georgia case starts March 4th, supposedly, if they meet that timetable. And then March 5th is Super Tuesday. 
So it's not going to affect, you know, uh, uh, people who are dyed in the wool Trump supporters. If anything, oh, today, today in New York at the Eugene uh, Take Two trial, right? Um, they actually were doing jury selection, and from what I hear, uh, reported out from uh, people who were in the courtroom, they said that two potential jurors were asked the question, do they think that the justice system is uh, persecuting Donald Trump? And two potential New York jurors said yes. They, they think that that's an accurate statement. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just sad because remember in the good old days, if, if you were running for candidacy, like, uh, you know, Hart, and, and you found that you had an affair, you'd have to drop out of the race. And you here, know, this guy, I, I was like lucky enough. Of indictment I, and I, crimes broken. I know. I was lucky enough to talk to uh, Gary Hart years, years after, you know, all that happened to him. And, you know, he is probably one of the smartest uh, guys. I've, I mean, he, he ended up writing, uh, you know, fiction novels and stuff. And they were they were insanely difficult to read. I mean, really deep stuff. But uh, Gary Hart would have made an excellent president. And look what we did to deprive ourselves of, of a president like that. Look what we did to, to deprive ourselves of a president like Al Gore, who was so ahead on this climate yes. thing, right? And we deprived ourselves of that. Look, we even had Jimmy Carter president who put solar panels on top of the White House in the 70s. And Ronald Reagan was able to tell the Iranians to hold on to the hostages till after the election. And that little maneuver actually played in Peoria. I mean, it's so sad what people it, fall yeah, Barr, for. You know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, Barr rewriting the Mueller report, basically, yes. just kind of picking and choosing the net. And then, you know, he was involved. Uh, was he involved in the Nixon uh, yeah. era? Uh, you know, getting the Nixon off the hook, you know, doing the old. Oh, hood. no, well, no, 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 and... no. Bill Barr was uh, part of the um, Iran-Contra era. Oh, OK. Yeah, I remember yeah. that because that, that's when they said, you know, hold the hostages until after the election. So right. they, they were they were using foreign governments to their political advantage way back then. And nothing's changed, really. Nothing's changed. I was like, I always say to people, there's really nothing new under the sun. The only, the only new thing is that, you know, you have a man who literally is orange. He literally sprays himself orange on purpose, has the worst comb over in the history of the world, modeled himself after a 1950s uh, wrestler. Uh, very few people know that and uh, is able to con people into believing that he is God sent. And, and, you know, if he is, it's a test. And the test is to see if you'd fall for it. Yep. And he will go down in history as not only the worst president, but the biggest con, uh, successful con man uh, in this nation because he basically well, I don't lies know. his way into the presidency. Hey, Rob, Rob, let's hope and pray that he's not a successful con man. Let's hope and pray he's a— uh, Well, not this time. He's, he's like a he Bernie— Ma- No, I'm saying like a Bernie Madoff kind of an end to this story would be good here. Really good. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, so let's just not say that he is the most successful comment ever. You know, let's just hope and pray that the man does. Oh, by the way, where is he? Where is he? Here he is. Okay. So this was sent to me. I finally had a chance because I couldn't talk. So I w- we uh, went to the uh, P.O. box. <laughs> this was sent to me uh, from a self-identified postmenopausal Italian lady named uh, Tina. That's what she said. I am your postmenopausal Italian Sicilian uh, listener. Uh, and uh, my name's Tina, and I'm sending you this to add to your collection. So we now have verifiable proof that Trump <laughs> is going to prison. Now, I just, I love the thought. I love it a lot. And so we'll keep him with our collection. 
But anyway, so much on TV last night. I mean, it was just like, whoa, it was crazy. And you know, the caucus was called at 7.30. Did you know that? 